Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight's podcast is entitled, Thy Kingdom Come, Thy Will Be Done. Matthew 6 and 9 through 13 reads, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. One of the first prayers that we learn as Christian children after the prayer, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, is the one that we call the Our Father Prayer. Many erroneously call this the Lord's Prayer because Jesus taught his disciples to pray after this manner. The prayer is meant to be a guide as to how we should pray, not that this is all that we should say when we talk to God. Closer to a description of a true Lord's Prayer would be the one prayed for us by Jesus in John 17, 1 through 26. This prayer of John 17 is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. For the next few moments, let's discuss verse 10 of the Our Father Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So exactly what is a kingdom? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary says in one of its definitions that it is the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. It is the place where whatever God wills, his will is always done. This is the definition upon which this message is based. Heaven. The Our Father prayer of Matthew 6 teaches us to pray to God who is in heaven. Genesis 1 and 1 tells us that God created the heavens, more than one. The Bible speaks of three different heavens. The first heaven is the universe that we see with the natural eye. It is our atmosphere and where the fowls of the air fly. This is the heaven spoken of in Genesis 1 and 20, which reads, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. The second heaven is described or identified in two ways. Some references refer to it as outer space, where the sun, moon, and stars exist. Other references refer to it as the dominion of Satan and all of his imps. It is beyond the first heaven, but beneath the third heaven. The third heaven is the domicile of God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Apostle Paul spoke of a man who was caught up into the third heaven in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2, which reads, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. The third heaven is also the home of the Holy Ghost, 
who, by the way, happens to be here on earth right now, teaching us, bringing things to our remembrance. He's empowering us, making us witnesses, helping our infirmities. He's comforting, he's strengthening, and he's guiding us. He's convicting the world of sin. He's filling us with joy and peace and other gifts and otherwise helping men and women to make it into the kingdom of God. Although we don't know exactly where the third heaven is, we know that it is above the other two heavens. So God the Father is in the third heaven, and we are to pray to him, giving glory and honor to his name because he is our creator, our father. He is our God of love and mercy. He is long-suffering and patient. He's holy and sacred, and he deserves all that our little minds can do or think in honoring him. Thy kingdom come. Every kingdom must have a king, or if it's an earthly kingdom, it could have a queen. In several scriptures, Jesus Christ is identified as the anointed one or the Messiah who will be the king of the kingdom that the prophets spoke of. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, is unquestionably the Messiah. The Old Testament initially spoke of Jesus Christ as the coming Messiah when it referred to the coming battle between Jesus and Satan in Genesis 3 and 15. And that scripture reads, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. In the Old Testament, we'll walk through the genealogy of Jesus Christ as the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is foretold that he would be from the tribe of Judah and heir to the throne of David. The Old Testament tells us where and how Jesus would be born. The prophets prophesied his purpose, his prophetic and priestly status. And in the book of Matthew, Jesus our Messiah did indeed come, just as it was prophesied that he would. The Gospels describe Jesus' ministry, which began when he was about 30 years old, in Mark 1 and 14 through 15, which states, Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. From this passage, we see that Jesus came preaching to the Jews that the kingdom of God had come. The Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, including the Beatitudes, taught the principles of the kingdom. However, the Jewish religious leaders rejected Jesus. What the Pharisees and Sadducees did not understand was that the kingdom was to come in two parts. The first part involved Jesus' preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, as in Mark 1 and 14 through 15, and then his dying for the sins of the whole world. And that's Romans 5 and 6 through 8. Let's read those scriptures. Romans 5 and 6 through 8 reads thusly, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man someone even dared to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
His death, burial, and resurrection made it possible for mankind, through repentance and acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, to be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the marvelous light of the kingdom of God. Colossians 1 and 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? Now, the second part of the establishment of the kingdom of God concerns his coming again. It relates to the time when he will return as king of kings and lord of lords and establish his physical kingdom on planet Earth. That's a future time and it will happen. The Old Testament tells us in prophecy after prophecy that the kingdom of God will be established on Earth. One of the Old Testament scriptures that speaks of the coming kingdom is Isaiah 2 and 2 through 4. Let's read those scriptures. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The Gospel of John speaks of a future day of judgment. John revealed how God grants his people a life that has its origin, its power, and its end in him. But saints, to those of us who have been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, let me remind you that we're already translated from the earthly realm into the kingdom of God. Colossians 1 and 13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. One of John's distinctive teachings is that hope for the future is already being realized. We do not have to wait for the coming of Jesus to experience his presence. His spirit is already within us. We do not have to wait until the end of times to see God's judgment. Judgment is already being determined by our response to God. John chapter 3, 19 through 21 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, we don't have to wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ to experience the new life. Eternal life begins when believers are born from above. We've already passed from death into life. That's according to John 5 and 24, which says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. 
And now we will discuss the second half of that 10th verse, which states that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus in the Our Father prayer tells us to ask God to allow his will to be done in earth, even as his will is already done in heaven. Let it be established that the will of God is always done in heaven. His will was that Jesus come to earth to die for your sins and mine, and his will was done by his only begotten son. Jesus, while he was experiencing the agony of all agonies in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, according to Luke 22 and 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Satan tried to defy the will of God, and he was kicked out of heaven. One third of the angels were deceived by Satan, and they were kicked out as well, according to Revelation twelve seven through 12, which reads, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you. Having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Adam and Eve tried or tested the will of God through disobedience, and they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Thank God for his long-suffering nature and Jesus' intercession for us all. We're in the kingdom based on the grace of God, our repentance and acceptance of God's grace, and our acceptance of Jesus Christ as a propitiation for our sins. Saints, we made the cut. Now we have the opportunity and the responsibility to learn the word of God, to live by it right now, to live clean and holy lives, and get as many people into the kingdom as we can. We should be daily seeking the will of God for our lives. We must be obedient to God and his will. And as the old folks used to say, hold on till shallow comes. By this, they meant that we're to occupy until he comes for us. Luke nineteen twelve through 13 states, He said, Therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I come. Romans 12 and 1 through 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus will come for us either on an individual basis 
or in the rapture. We're in the kingdom now. We must not let anything change that. Satan cannot pluck us out of God's hand, but we have to remember it's possible for us to jump out. Whatever we have to do, however we have to do it, we must stay in the kingdom of God. We will be eternally glad that we did. Thy kingdom come, O God, thy will come.